Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Thank you for joining us today and welcome. This is an hour dedicated to understanding a little more about ourselves, our beliefs, and how we approach enlightenment. Indeed, an hour devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and chips and sealing wax, but about how, what, and why we think as we do. An hour for the open-minded, willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind who we are and who we might become. I'm Eldon Taylor, I believe, still, <laughs> after all the traveling we've been doing, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. Now, on a more solemn note, um, today marks another year past since the infamous attacks on 9-11. I would... I would like to ask all of you to bow your heads in silent prayer or reflection for the next 30 seconds, blessing all who lost their lives and their loved ones, as well as all of the men and women who have served this great country in protecting us and our freedom. Every week I read some of your letters as our way of paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Nancy wrote, love your Hay House show. Well, thank you, Nancy. Judy wrote, hi, Eldon. I attended your session on When What You Believe Matters at the I Can Do It conference in Washington, D.C. this past weekend. Thank you so much for the very important work. I've already found myself in response to knee-jerk reactions asking, is this really my thought, thinking, or is this what I've allowed myself to believe is me? I even returned a necklace to the mail yesterday, recognizing that, one, I really bought it out of a belief in materialism, consumerism, certainly not need, and two, it wasn't even me, the real me, in terms of my own personal style. I was literally, literally buying into someone else's definition of what I should be, what I should look like, rather than making my own sound decisions about who I am and how that should be reflected in my life. Small examples of the influence of your work, I know, but one must start somewhere on the journey to reclaim our mind. I purchased your books, What If? Love that title, by the way, and I believe, and I am really looking forward to reading them both. Well, thank you, Judy, for your thoughtful feedback, and congratulations, because... Deciding to be honestly who we are, dedicating ourselves to genuinely discovering our true identity. This is what it's all about for me. Now, for Ravinder, well, she's still kind of lost in the. <laughs> you're on one today. Well, you're looking off, you see. <laughs> all right, Charlotte wrote, I have your book. What does that mean? And I read about the face on the wall. I am so happy to know I am not the only one who has had this experience. I was about 16 when I was lying across the bed daydreaming, and all of a sudden this face of a man appeared in midair in front of me. He had stern eyes, 
and he stared at me as I stared at him. For some reason, it didn't scare me, but it disappeared. And I never saw it again, but I still wonder why this happened. Well, as it turns out, we're not the only ones to have experienced this, Charlotte. But I still don't know of anyone who knows what it means. Perhaps, you know, and I, and I kind of think so. You know, like so many other markers and mysteries that I address in my book, what does that mean? It's, uh, it's how we come to know, emphasis on know, that there is more to it all than the secular humanists might have us believe today. Charles wrote, thanks for all your wonderful CDs and videos that have changed my life. Yulia wrote, in the morning I wake up a different person because I've memorized my inner talk affirmations during my sleep. No matter how things went the day before, I know that I will always wake up with a more positive outlook, and this is because of inner talk. This is my version of sleep learning. Well, good for you, Yulia. That's a perfectly good way to use the programs, isn't it, Rav? Yes, it is. You're not paying any attention again. I'm actually chatting in the chat room yeah. about the inner talk and the fact that I still use them daily. Every single day. And that's what I just put up in the So chat you really room. are paying attention. Well, you're just looking like you're dazed over. You know, <laughs> I'm probably it's a good dazed thing this isn't too. on television, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Shannon wrote, I so enjoyed reading, I believe, and look forward to reading more. We'll share for sure. Thank you, Shannon. Lewis wrote, I am a registered mental health counselor in Florida, and I have personally benefited from several InterTalk products. And Gladys wrote, you are so wonderful. I love your show, and I love you. Well, Gladys, we love you and all of you out there right back. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. We can't get all of your letters on the air, but they do impact our programming. And once again, I thank you for your feedback and continued support. Now to today's show. Life without limits. Think about that. What does that truly mean? Is it meant to be literal? Do you, I mean, do you believe that it's possible for you? I mean, really you to have control over the forces of nature. Ravinder, do you believe it's possible for you to have control over the forces of nature? I do. I'm not always sure how to access all of that. But you but are I, now paying attention. That's good. Do you think there are people Life is who an can exam. the wind and fire? Call to their side wild animals and birds, heal the sick with a thought or a touch, or perform other extraordinary feats of consciousness. Well, our guest today has not only been with us before, but he is a legitimate shaman, what Dr. Christian Northrup calls the real deal. He is one of my favorites. I'm speaking of Mr. Peter Calhoun. Peter is said to be one of the very few persons who has experienced a full awakening of the cities, a Vedic term for the paranormal spiritual powers inherent in all people. He has demonstrated these powers before numerous groups, and many are described in his new book, Life Without Limits. A great read. Reading about Peter from his website, we find the following. Nearly four decades ago, while serving as a priest in the Episcopal Church, Peter had a series of lucid visions that completely turned his world upside down. In these visions, he was shown that the vast majority of people on earth were trapped in a prison of false belief systems that made up the consensus reality of our times. 
These false beliefs, which had no connection to truth or reality, had left all but a few of the most advanced individuals powerless and leading lives that were limited and inconsequential. Peter was told that in truth, each of us as individual manifestations of an infinite creator are beings without limitations of any kind. In a second vision, Peter was shown that his sole purpose in his present life was to remember all that he had been previously, to understand what was learned in each lifetime, and then awaken the cities, or soul powers, that he had developed in other time periods. He was to teach and demonstrate these as abilities that lie latent in all of us. Close quote. Well, that's exactly what Peter's latest book is all about. So let's get him in here. Welcome back to Provocative Enlightenment, Mr. Peter Calhoun. Uh, thank you, Eldon. It's good to uh, hear your voice and, and be uh, on your show once again. It's always it. good to speak with you, my friend. Yeah. But, and, and but to be begin nice with, to Ravinder, for, by the way. I say that again? I'm I sorry. be nice to Ravinder, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've got to get her eyes open. You know, she's, she's still special, running on she's jet lag. I think she's got a full-time job with you. Well, that's true. That is Thanks, true. Thanks, Peter. I need the support. She is still okay. training me. That's what she says. Yeah. Okay. Listen, to begin with, for for our listening audience that's not familiar with you, uh, please share a little bit about yourself and your history, including your time as an Episcopal priest. I spent uh, eight years in the uh, ministry of the Episcopal Church, and it was during that time that I had a growing dissatisfaction. I felt that uh, there was something so much more than the than expressed through the doctrines and dogmas of the Church, but it was really through a series of visions that, that my world opened up and, as you expressed, it turned upside down also. And that's when I was shown that, that I'd come into this life to demonstrate that, that we are beings that uh, truly are without limitations of any kind. And the only reason that we live such limited lives is this, because this is what we've been taught by our mentors from the time we were toddlers. And it's not their fault. It's not the fault of our uh, family members and, and, and friends and, and pastors and, and rabbis. And it is uh, because, because they were given the same kind of information by their mentors, and, and this goes on back many generations. But the consensus reality of our culture uh, that we have, uh, most of us have come to accept is that we, we are, we're very limited in what has happened is because we don't understand what our true nature is, beings without limitations. So we, we continue to live lives that are limited and uh, disempowered and in, in many cases inconsequential. And we are so much more than we know, so much more than than we realize. And and this, uh, and I was shown all this in a vision that that we that uh, we uh, have been, in a sense, uh, been victims of a, a deception. It's not just our our ignorance, but there is a small dark cobble of an economic, religious, and uh, and a political elite that has, for a long time, has uh, fostered this this false beliefs on us, and uh, and and so we've bought into it, and it has uh, been for the purpose of of having 
keeping us uh, disempowered so that we can become good worker bees to serve the needs of the elite. Uh, this is what I was shown in my vision, and I, for a long time, I did not know that I could accept this. I, I, I didn't talk about this for years, uh, and uh, I certainly never saw myself as a conspiracy buff. I, in fact, my focus has always been on, <clears throat> on the positive. What, who are we? What are, is our potential? And even though I talk about this this web of deception that was was woven over our um, collective humanity for for many generations. I, I still, uh, Life Without Limits, the book that I've just written, is really not a book about me and my amazing powers. It's a book about you and who you truly are uh, as, a, as a being that is without limitations yourself. Well, now, let me ask you this, and Peter, because I, I read uh, Soul on Fire and... Um, and, and I love your book. You know that I've yeah, praised sure. the book. I've, I've recommended the book to several people. Um, and, you know, Soul on Fire, your first book, a Hay House book, and your new book, Life Without Limits, uh, they differ. Uh, you know, tell, tell us why you wrote Life Without Limits and how it builds on Soul, with, with, uh, Soul on Fire. I wrote Soul on Fire... <laughs> To to start to uh, to, uh, to give a series of experiences that I'd had uh, that uh, are beyond the uh, the laws of the physical plane, and my purpose of doing this was uh, to to get people to thinking about the fact that uh, maybe we are not limited by these laws. And uh, the difference between soul on fire and in life without limits is that in life without limits, I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, bar any holes. I just, I said out, outright that we've been deceived. We've bought, we have, uh, because of our ignorance and buying into a lot of uh, false beliefs, uh, we, we have lived limited lives. And here is the cumulative evidence based on my own life and those of people close to me that we are without limitations. And so I uh, am much more aggressive in this second book, Life Without Limits, uh, to to get that point across. And I think uh, you do a great job, by the way. Well, I, I have for a long, a long, long time said it, you know, uh, the intellectual elite, whatever that means, the ruling elite, whoever that might be, um, you know, the one thing they're most afraid of is that we'll all wake up one day and realize who we really are and just how much genuine, legitimate power we all possess. But okay, now I, I have to ask you one more question sure. before we get into the meat of your book. I have to I have to clear my own mind on something. Um you and I have spoken on several occasions in the past, and if I'm not mistaken, you dismissed the idea of 2012 as having some eschatological significance during our last radio interview. Now, that said, I viewed a clip uh, on YouTube today where you were addressing a 2012 crisis, and it sounded very much like end times to me, at least for many citizens on our planet. So, you know, with December 21st, 2012, right around the corner, 
please clarify your views on yes, this. Yes, I'll try, and I'll have to say that my own views uh, have that that were based originally on visions I had back in 1970 and 71 have uh, become modified. At first, I, for for a number of years, I thought we were going to have a dramatic uh, uh, change uh, as the uh, hand you know ticks the mid uh, midnight hour that that ends this 5,000-year Mayan cycle in the beginning of the new 5,000-year cycle uh, in December of 2012. Uh, I've come to believe that the changes are going to be very subtle, but everything from that point on will be different, and it will be some time perhaps before we are aware of the differences, perhaps uh, uh, perhaps a few years, uh, maybe a decade or two, but what is happening is is our uh, Earth and our solar system is crossing the galactic meridian at that time. This is a physical event. This is not some visionary thing. And and what is happening here is that as we cross this galactic meridian, uh, we are aligned with the energies of the galactic center. This is the great light source for our uh, cluster of worlds and suns and uh, in in this galaxy. And so with this increase, this concentration of light, uh, it's going to stimulate people mentally, uh, spiritually, uh, on every level. And it'll stimulate uh, great new technologies, unprecedented science, science that, that, that we hardly, even now, would, would hardly recognize. And so this will be happening, but I don't see a dramatic change uh, uh, between, you know, that, that marks the uh, tolling of that midnight hour of the age. All right. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, there's a part of me, and, and I've addressed this many, many times, that uh, every single day we have a evolution in consciousness. Yes. And sometimes it's a devolution. And... Uh, you know, I think it is the consciousness of the group that tends to decide whether or not we're, which direction we're going to go. And I have seen the five five two thousand, or yeah, five five two thousand, the two thousand Y two Ks. When you look back in history, you have every time there's a turn of a century, every time there's a, a a correspondent date with something Nostradamus may have predicted. There are these end of the world scenarios and. Uh, you know, and, and I guess where happen. I am is I, I understand what you're saying uh, with relationship to the physical nature of what's going on. Uh, and that's somewhat akin to maybe, you know, the, the, the influence that a full moon has on the waves and the yep. tides and even on it's the, same know, thing. the the anatomy. But uh, as you say, I, I think that this change, whatever this change is, has been coming for some time, and I'm not so sure that if we look back 5,000 years ago at the prior Mayan calendar, we certainly are pressed to come up with uh, the kinds of conclusions that that people are are coming up with today. So, with that said, you know, I don't mean that by way of disagreement. I just mean that by way of clarification. Oh, I uh, I think so. I think it is. There's always a choice. The group mind is going to decide how we respond to any kind of uh, change in planetary uh, solar energies. Uh, and we could choose not to make a leap in uh, 
our consciousness. We could choose to go uh, on with the same old uh, things we've been doing and making the same mistakes. Uh, I I think the indication is that we might we won't be making that choice, but 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 there's only we live in a free will universe, and so it's not inevitable that uh, there's going to be uh, a dramatic change. Well, you know, and I and I hope there are more that make the positive change than fail to, because it will be some will make one choice and others will make an, another choice that exactly. they always have. Exactly, Let's... and you know, uh, the some of the some of our teachers and and seers that say everyone is going to go into a state of uh, you know bliss and heightened consciousness and all that that goes against free will. People. Uh, do you think the people that are still want wars uh, uh, and still want to hoard the uh, wealth and the power and the, the uh, 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 and the knowledge? Do you think that they really want to to go into a new age? I don't think so. So no. it's a free will. I agree with you totally. There, I agree. Although I see free will evaporating nowadays, that's something that I talk about a lot. It's just yeah. simply because it, we don't tend to tuning into the important things about who we really are. I mean, that's one of the things you bring out in your book. The fact of the matter is, this last weekend I showed people a film uh, wherein a subject, a scientist, was placed in an FMRI, or was given an FMRI, and the technician literally knew what this person was going to think, what they were going to decide several seconds in advance of them knowing. Now, when you understand that the unconscious is actually giving you your decision and that a fMRI tech can know it several seconds before you know what what it is that you're thinking, then it becomes really important that you guard what you put in your mind, that you guard the beliefs that that you decide you're going to hang on to because... Those beliefs are the thoughts. They're the impetus behind what your unconscious is giving your conscious. And that's how critically important they are. Peter, I, I want to get into the specifics sure. of your book. I, I want to talk to you more about your full awakening of the cities and uh, what you mean by cities and, and, and the counterparts, if there are any, to our Western tradition. But I'm afraid... Uh, we're about to come up on a hard break. All right. So we'll hold that until after the break, and we'll get into the details of the book. I'm going to tell you the book is Life Without Limits by Peter Calhoun with his lovely bride, Astrid Gantz. It's a marvelous, marvelous uh, book. I highly recommend it. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment on HayHouseRadio.com, radio that goes anywhere and everywhere. Our guest, of course, is Peter Calhoun. If you're not already in our chat room, this is a great time to join in the conversation. Just go to eldentaylor.com forward slash chat. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up after these words from some of our friends. Close your eyes. Imagine your goals and dreams. What's preventing you from accomplishing them? Most often, we are our own worst enemies. I can't. I'm not good enough. It's time to reprogram that inner dialogue. Replace all those negative self-images with, I'm good. I am powerful. I can do anything. 
Eldon Taylor's InnerTalk patented subliminal technology does just that. Researched at numerous universities such as Stanford and by governments such as Mexico and Germany, InnerTalk has repeatedly been proven effective at changing your self-talk. Stop imagining your goals and make them a reality today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Do you feel like you've become lost in the funhouse, only seeing the reflection of yourself, past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you? I invite you to step through the doorway and onto a pathway leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestselling book, Choices and Illusions. Now expanded, updated, and revised, it will provide you with real-life examples of how you can break free of your current perceptions and begin your journey to How High Is Up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. And welcome back. If you just joined us, we're speaking with Peter Calhoun, and we're talking about his new book, Life Without Limits, But before we get back to today's show, I want to remind you to join me on Facebook as a friend or a fan. You will always know where we are and what's on next when you do. Plus, many announcements only happen on my Facebook pages or in my newsletter. Uh, So if you're not receiving your free copy of my newsletter, be sure to sign up for it when you visit my website. All right, let's get back to the show. Before the break, I suggested that, um, Peter, we wanted to get into the specifics of your book. So, you know, tell me, what does it mean to experience a full awakening of the the cities? And, and is there anything comparable to that in our Western tradition? This, of course, as, as you mentioned earlier, is a, a Vedic term for the paranormal spiritual powers that are inherent in, in every uh, human being. And, and there is a counterpart in uh, your shamanic traditions. It's called the command of the elements. That's at least a, a counterpart of a, a portion of what the awakening of the cities would be. Uh, in, in your shamanic, in your indigenous cultures, uh, whether in Africa, Australia, the Native American uh, it is believed that that uh, the goal of a shaman is to develop command over over the elements. It's seen if one develops command over or control over a single element of earth or air or fire or water, that that's quite an accomplishment. It's very rare, uh, very rare indeed, to have a command over all four of these elements. Uh, some of the Eastern masters are able to do this, uh, and in fact, uh, the uh, Eastern masters that I uh, uh, look to sometimes has uh, definitely a command over this. He was able to do the same thing I did, are uh, igniting uh, fires uh, that were set for sacred ceremonials, uh, igniting the sticks. But he did it from across the country, from across the the, uh, the world, from his hemisphere. He caused a fire to be ignited in uh, in uh, Southern California. And so 
this is uh, the the cities then represent the soul powers within us, and it's not just it's not just uh, the command uh, or the power over the elements, uh, but it is uh, it is the power to to be uh, to be unlimited, to live an, a life that is without limits, and and to live that life for the highest good. I think that anyone that has these powers awakening, if they misuse them, I think they probably lose that ability very quickly. Um, and but now this, you, you but you actually teach people to do what you're talking about, and and I know that you 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 have uh, journeys and you you take them into nature yeah. and and you don't just talk the stuff yes. you do it you you you, yeah. you actually turn storms away you change the wind yeah. uh, start fires how do you how do you begin to teach someone uh to do that i it it is uh, connected with uh being able to let go of identification with ourself and with our body and uh, and merging with the creation uh it is through a growing uh unity a joyous and ecstatic unity with all life on earth and as that begins to happen these powers begin to awaken and yes i do uh teach this i teach people how to awaken their own powers. Uh, I'm, my purpose is not to point to, you know, hey, look at what look at what I can do, but uh, look at what you're able to do if, if you truly believe this and are willing to uh, do the work. And so, okay. yes, we've had apprentices, a number of our apprentices are able to uh, have had experiences calling in storms to end droughts and, uh, and, and things like that. Now, tell me, uh, I mean, in, in a sense, and, and I know you're very aware of this, it, people explore psychic abilities. So you learn to read auras or you learn to do remote viewing or you, you do astral projection training. A lot of this kind of thing, you know, I did myself. And, and in the process, you can get so easily distracted, so lost, uh, so enamored, if you will, with, uh, I'll put the word in quotation marks, power that it appears that you have that it really leads you away from spirituality. So, and, and I know you're aware of that. So how do you, how do you, how do you create within a person the reverence that's necessary to be able to do these things and actually enhance their spiritual awareness, not just gain the power that is, you know, it, it's just another earthly materialistic power. Well, first I wouldn't work with anyone that I know, I believe or know consciously that, they're into the power of it, uh, but uh, yes, if I see a person is into the power of it, this can be ego inflating. It can be a distraction, and there are very, very uh, long-held traditions uh, in Western mystery schools in, uh, in in Buddhism that you don't uh, fool with the cities. They can be ego inflating or distraction. I was told that that applies for the old cycle. With the new cycle we're entering, there are many people that have evolved to the point where they're ready to accept who they are and to awaken these abilities and use them for the highest good. And so I I say, first of all, this has to come from the heart. It has to come from your heart-feeling nature, not from the ego of, 
uh, of a personality and and so if you have vested interests in this you know that are egotistical then don't do it don't do it because it it can either backfire on you or it's just not going to happen uh i i say that we're on a path toward joyous and ecstatic union with all life on this earth and 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 as we begin to experience this growing unity with life around us it seems that these begin to awaken in a very natural way uh we give techniques to help you know speed up that awakening but but it just doesn't happen unless somebody is able to come from that heart nature and let go of their ego let, let me ask you this i mean maybe this is a far stretch but yeah. uh is, is this awakening of spiritual powers uh related in any way to you know uh what jesus said all that i have done you shall do and more that is exactly it and and in fact that was the theme of my first book i used that quote and while i was in the church i was haunted by this passage in scripture and uh uh, and I said, "Why has no one? Why has no one tested this? You know, I'm I'm not a scientist. I'm a shaman, but I've got enough of a scientific mind to say we should test these things out and prove them or disprove them." So I set out to prove or disprove this. I consciously, from that point on, uh, uh, and from that point on, we uh, it seemed that um, the script had already been written, and, and one thing after another would happen. <clears throat> you, uh, you know, you and I were talking before the break about uh, what I tend to think of as brainwashing, what, you know, merchandisers call brand washing, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and, 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 and you covered basically that, you know, you, you not a conspiracy buff, but there is this elite, etc. Can you give us some examples of what you think are the great false beliefs that have been sold uh, that people subscribe to? Uh, yes, I can. And of course, uh, the, the central to this is the whole idea that we are limited beings. But there, I would say it falls in the secular and the religious camp. For example, in the secular camp, it it is we take this. Well, this is secular and religious because it is it's a scriptural thing. We take the scriptural injunction in Genesis to subdue the earth and have dominion over the the cattle of the field, the birds of the air, and and so on to have. To, to lord over them, and people have taken this as an excuse for exploitation uh, of of the earth, and we have and that 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 single passage in in the opening chapters of Genesis uh, is behind a lot of the uh, uh, environmental crisis we have today. So it's been used uh, as a means of uh, for greed and a means of exploitation. It, it, that that actual passage was never originally there it was uh it was put in later by the uh it was a patriarchal insertion and the scriptures uh have many of these insertions that uh that were made by the uh, patriarchal group uh or groups uh over the centuries yeah and and they continue i i can remember as a child reading a king james version um 
Old Testament book of Exodus and uh, Moses is transfigured and there's this comment that's coming that comes directly behind it that said, and we believe this to be true. And I thought, now who's, and we believe this. I thought Moses wrote this, you know, and in yeah. later versions, the, and we believe this disappeared, you know? Yes. Uh, so the revisionism is, is uh, ongoing in, in that sense. Peter, yeah. uh, you know, lots of questions come to my mind as I read your book and I try to thoroughly understand, you know, the message, the spiritual message. Uh, and, and I do get uh, your belief that, you know, we should be embracing uh, the earth, you know, uh, in a joyous, ecstatic way and all life on it. Uh, in fact, I'll have you flesh that idea out for us, maybe as you give me the answer to this. But what what occurred to me is, you know, when you're calling the animals or the birds to you, you know, um uh, and, and you're experiencing them in in a sort of oneness as a part of the creation. They're, you're experiencing, you know, their special form of intelligence. Doesn't that kind of lead you to uh, vegetarianism? Well, I tried vegetarianism several times, and it didn't work because I'm hypothesistic. <laughs> uh, it, That's an honest answer. But I, I, I feel that... Uh, I feel that uh, the, the these these uh, eternal truths are never made intended to be made in, into dogmas uh, or into rules of life. I think that that's a, a person, each person's uh, uh, free choice, and and uh, so it. Uh, I realized that it is uh, that we are not required to be vegetarians at this point. In, in our evolution, some of us don't have, some of us do not do well health-wise. I was one of those, and I met many that don't do well with vegetarianism. And so I encourage people to offer prayers to that animal spirit that w- was killed and, and, and offer your gratitude to, for their sacrifice. Because I, our animal friends uh, have... They have given us so much that we take for granted, and and we can send that love and healing back to the to the animal itself that was sacrificed for us, or to, or to the whole group soul. And this is what I try to do, and and I encourage people that that uh, need meat or even prefer meat uh, to do this. But I, I'm I'm very uh, I'm very much against coming up with uh, dogmatic statements about. Uh, about such things, because I, I think everybody's different. I, I also want to say that uh, this book, if you want to purchase it, is available uh, on a website we created just for the book, lifewithoutlimitsbook.com. You can turn to that my website there and, uh, and, and purchase the book. The book is also at Amazon. Barnes and I mean, you know, I was going to ask you that later, but since you're on it, uh, you have a special promotion that's going on in your book. So why don't you tell us about that, and and, and we'll learn all about how to get the book, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to I'm going to pursue you just a little bit more yes. on animal consciousness. Okay, right. so tell everybody where do they get the book? What's what's the deal? What are the gifts? What's going on? Turn to a website we created for the book called Life Without Limits book.com or you can purchase it directly from from Amazon 
and, and the book is also available in, in not only in paperback but in Kindle. Okay, now Peter, I guess you have a special promotion going on, do you yes, not? Tomorrow. Where they, they go through your website and they get the book, they have some gifts that also come with it. Absolutely, we have some gifts and bonuses, uh, including uh, I think I'm giving away. Uh, we're having a drawing of five uh, healing sessions uh, or intuitive counseling, shamanic readings that uh, I'll be giving away. I'm also doing a teleseminar, and people that that sign up uh, for our email list uh, would be able to. Uh, to check in on that teleseminar in October. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it is a great book, with or without any gifts, etc. cetera. Uh, this is a book I think you very much enjoy reading. Thank you. All right, let, let's come back now to a minute then on this animal consciousness. Uh, when you're calling an animal to you, do you sense their consciousness, Peter? Is that a part of it? I mean... I'm forever sensing what my dog or my horse is trying to tell me. And, and of course, you know, I mean, I'm also very versed on how the mind can fool us. So uh, the the question of my, you know, is always, is this something that I'm making up or is it really possible that animals talk to you? It is. Uh, not only do they talk to us, but they're talking quite frequently and animals uh, get frustrated. Uh, our, our animal friends, that our domestic animal friends, can get very frustrated because we're not able to uh, communicate with them in the way that is natural, and that's through pictures and feeling. But you can talk to your dog or your cat, your horse, by just sending a feeling, a feeling of love or joy, or just a feeling that you want them to come to you. A feeling if it's a horse that you would like to ride, uh, and uh, and they get that they and send the picture along with that. You can do the same thing with wild animals. We have called out of the forest. Uh, we've called numerous wild animals to us. Uh, we weren't sure that they were out there. We sensed that they were there, and then they would just come. and And uh, my wife. Uh, Astrid has had some amazing experiences in which deer, uh, when we were camping in the Rocky, in the Northern Rockies, deer would just come out of the woods to our little primitive campsite and come up to her and drop to their knees 10 feet away from her in, in, in total trust, just gazing at her. This has happened several times. Uh, she's had, uh, uh, had a dove come uh, fly out of the trees and land at her feet and began pecking at her shoelaces and then tried to nest in her hair, and it followed us around like a little puppy dog. So animals sense that when when your heart is right, they sense when you are safe and when you have that feeling of love. Uh, in fact, animals need us just like we need animals. Uh, they need us because this is how they become, it's through our gratitude that animals begin to realize that they are special and they begin to realize that they are individuals also this is how this is how life individualizes on our earth is uh, through our love and appreciation the animals and even the trees will eventually become individualized 
you know, I believe everything you just said, and that—that that is my experience. I love to hear it. Yeah. Some marvelous <laughs> animal communicators on this show have have shared that as well. Now, speaking of your lovely wife Astrid, um, you describe in your book a feeling, a, a state of, of consciousness that you refer to as the Edenic consciousness. I, I assume that's how we would say that. Eden? I, I say, I say Edenic, and yet I've never looked up the pronunciation of it. Maybe I've been mispronouncing it all along. But Well, any, okay. It, anyway, Tell us what that is. Explain uh, it to us. This, this new Edenic consciousness is connected with our return uh, to the earth. It is connected with the, the uh, joyous uh, unity um, that, that we begin to experience in a, in a growing way with with all life, with the plants and the flowers in our garden, with with the animals, including animal friends that live with us, and and the trees, that because there's life in everything, the the tree spirits, the spirits of of uh, the mountains and spirits of the desert springs and and spirits of the rivers. There's a consciousness in everything. We live in a conscious creation. And we can connect with that conscious creation, and and it's something you, uh, my listeners, can can do. And it's so much easier than than you think. You just you try it and let go of your doubts, because if you're uncertain and doubtful, animals are so sensitive they'll pick it up right away, and it won't work. But just try to go into it with a feeling of love and uh, and and enjoy, and that'll erase your doubts and. And you'll be amazed at the response. You'll have your own experiences. You won't have to read about mine. Before we duck off of that subject, uh, you know, I'm going to just ask you, because I loved how you put this in your book. Tell us what ascension really is. The ascension, uh, there have been so many theories, and I just, I, I cringe when I hear even some of our best teachers trying to describe what the ascension is going to be, and they see these amazing uh, things happening, um, and and the ascension is re- the real ascension for humanity is going to be with our return to the earth. And I don't mean we all go and live in the woods as uh, uh, our indigenous uh, tribes did uh, 200 years ago, but it is a return in consciousness to the earth where we. We live in harmony with all life, and this is one of the things that our indigenous friends like the Native Americans have to teach us, and and that's how to live in harmony. When we came over, we Europeans came over, uh, that we did not know how to live in harmony, and and they they found it incomprehensible that we were so separated from from nature. First thing we did when we came over is cut down all the trees around us. <laughs> anyway, right. But, you, you know, I, I, I'm looking at, uh, you know, some 25 or 30 more questions that I've got sketched out here to ask you and, and about two and a half minutes to do it. So it's, obviously we're not going to get through that. But there's such content in your book. There are a couple of things that I do want to draw out. You you have a section that is called Attitudes That Keep Us in Bondage. And... Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what you can say about this because it's a large section, but it spells out everything from the pathology of fear, the fires of anger, the obsession of needing, the attitude of self-importance, 
uh, the cult of the I, me, mine, that I, I just want to make sure that everybody understands this is in the book. Why did you include this? Because I came to realize it's not so much the things that we do uh, that's going to lead to our freedom and liberation and enlightenment, but it's stop doing the things that we're doing to block it. We are already in in, in an in, on the essence uh, level. We're Peter, I, I should. I'm, I'm going to have to hold you there because okay. there's two things. Sure. I want everybody to know that there's a great section in the book called "Thinking Outside the Box," and it's a series of questions that you're asked, and and you know they're the kinds of things we all encounter. And your typical response, the typical response, not of our Hay House people, but of everybody else out there in the world, is not in the positive direction it should be and and peter's done a marvelous job bringing these to us and showing us some alternatives and peter one last thing Mm -hmm. quickly again your uh earl that everybody should go to to get the book to take advantage of this life without limits book.com or amazon or Amazon, and of course, your website is the petercalhoun dot com, and yes. you're bound to have links there or something, yes, right? But that's life without limits book dot com. Do get the book. We've come to the end of another hour of provocative enlightenment. I want to thank our guests and all of you for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show. And we'll join us again next week, same time and same place. And if you have comments on our show do let us all know i mean you it is for you that we do this program all right until next time wherever you are in the world remember believing in yourself always matters <laughs>